Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini, and we're back together again. (laughs) (laughs) After last week's, like, disaster slash triumph, because I couldn't get on the episode, but then it ended up being a really good episode without me. I mean, it was fine without you. It was great because Karen is amazing. But what what we didn't talk about, because I wasn't going to talk about it on my own or in front of the guest, was like just this like 10 minutes of just fucking technical chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I, I, I exhale all the time anyway. I'm always going like, <sighs> but I was apparently doing that really loud. And then it was like a sketch because you were doing it really loud and you were, I don't think you realized we could hear you. And you were also going, fuck, <laughs> fuck, shit, fuck. So I started texting you and being like, hey, stop sighing. I can hear you. You're cursing. And then you read the text out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stopped when I realized that it was not meant for the group. But yes. Oh, my God. It was so funny, Kim. It was so, so funny. I love you so much. That was, I mean, whatever. I don't even care. It was just funny. But so wait, what you were about to tell me off air and I said, save it for the air. What was the mistake that you made that you could not, everything like shut down on your end? Everything shut down. I was like, this is out, uh, you know, above my pay grade. I don't have any idea what the problem is here. I'm pretty sure what the problem was, (laughs) was that I forgot to connect my headphones to my laptop. (laughs) I'm about a thousand percent sure that that's what went wrong. (laughs) You know what? I feel like I understand. I feel like I'm at war with technology. Like even like CAPTCHA has gotten so intense. Like (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm like, is that a car? Is that <laughs> Is that a cross section? Is that that the crosswalk is the worst one because I'm like, well, yeah. there's a little corner of it in this one. Do I hit yes. it? 
I fail CAPTCHA. I fail CAPTCHA like every day. <laughs> well, it's because we're creative and not literal thinkers. If we were um, literal thinkers, we'd have a fine time with CAPTCHA. I, I just feel like, yeah, it's just, and all the fucking passwords and the two-factor identification. I just, everything is a, everything is a fight. Every fucking thing is a, is a fight to just get in, like, just show me my account balance. You know, yep. that's all I want. I agree. Oh, man. So how's your week? I haven't talked to you. How's your week? This is going to be everyone. We're probably going to talk about Thanksgiving. I've realized it's going to be dated. Sorry. How, Sorry, no, but we haven't, we haven't talked about our Thanksgiving. Yeah. So my Thanksgiving was really super pleasant. Good. I went to my brother's house. It was a group of about 10 of us. My mm -hmm. brother's wife's daughter. So mm -hmm. I guess my brother's stepdaughter mm -hmm. um, and her boyfriend are like accomplished cooks. So the food, which is usually fine at our Thanksgivings, fine yes. to good, was like good to excellent. Amazing. Amazing. Which was and everybody got along and, you know, it was it was a really nice Thanksgiving. How was yours? Um, mine was excellent. Uh, so we have friends who are both in the booze business, um, which which is ironic given what I'm about to tell you. But anyway, so we have friends who are both in the booze business. Our friend um, owns, uh, I'm going to give a plug for it. He owns Mulholland Distilling with Walton Goggins, the actor Walton Goggins. And um, they're just been in hospitality and booze for years. So they like put out like the loveliest spread. It's all friends and our two kids who have known each other since they were four. And just like a bunch of strangers that I don't know, which is always kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And then other people in the booze business but here's the thing about people. In the, so it was a lovely, lovely party. They throw the best parties. And I felt like I looked cute and everything else. Here's the thing about people in the booze business. They offer you ton of booze, tons and tons of booze, but they don't really drink that much themselves. Right. So I'm just like, oh, sure, I'll try the peanut butter whiskey. And like, <laughs> like, I'm just like trying all these and like, I just started getting trashed at some point, like a sip here, a nip there. I mean, I was, Alex like was very much like you were fine. You were fun, but like you were fine. You were fun is not what you want at 50. You know, like you were fun. You were fun. Yeah. No, that, that, that's like polite for you might have embarrassed me once or twice. Yes, yes. Well, actually, my husband, I never embarrass my husband. I don't know how. I do not know how. <laughs> he just likes me, right? But like, I think I was fine. It was just that thing of like, there was just like a couple of things. Like I have a buddy, I have a buddy who goes to all these parties with me who lives in another state. His name is Mark. And he's just like as uncomfortable of a person as I am. Like he's the person who will be like, I thought about what I said to you last time I saw you for six weeks. Was I embarrassing? <laughs> and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> but he decided he was like, we should sit on the floor. This seems like it'll be fun. Let's just sit on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, sure. And then suddenly, like 45 minutes later, I was like, oh, we're these weirdos just sitting on the floor. Anyway, it was like one of those nights that I actually did have a lovely time. And it was a great Thanksgiving and a great party. But the next morning I was like, was I too, too? Like, was I like much, you know, but yeah. whatever, whatever. What are you going to do? It's a bunch of strangers. It's a bunch of strangers. And like somebody's mom, who's not my mom, who I was like, I could see how you're a pain in the ass, but not to me. <laughs> <laughs> Other people's moms are great that way. The best, the best, because you're like, oh, you're talking too long and you're probably a narcissist, but not mine to deal with. You know? 
Yes, no, I, I, I know that experience well. Now, yesterday I had kind of a fun treat. Oh, tell me. I had a date with our friend Emma Gannon. Okay. Oh my God. How did you pull that off? I have never met Emma in real life. How fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Emma Gannon, for those of you who don't know, is a British writer and podcaster and, you know, author. She's written several books. She writes a lot about work. She writes a lot of, she's done a lot of work about burnout. She's, I've been on her podcast. I've known of her for years. She's my internet friend for years. She um, is under 40. She is a mere babe of 34. So she has never been on the podcast. Yes. But um, strict rule. We have a strict rule, but she is an absolute delight. And we had the nicest time. I got in touch with her when I was in London to see if she wanted to get together over Mm -hmm. the summer. And there was a transit strike going on and she lives far away from where I was staying. And so it just didn't happen. But she got in touch because she's in New York. And we had the most delightful time. She was so lovely. It, and it made me really think about how, think, speaking of being aware of what you're grateful for, how grateful I am to this podcast for exposing me to so many fascinating and interesting and cool and smart women. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. You know, I, I felt that last week when I talked to Karen, I really felt like, wow, I don't know if I ever would have met this person like and had this like intense conversation about so many like intimate things and what how lucky I felt just because she was such a cool person. You know, it was just like, wow, this is incredible. And after we got off, we had further technical difficulties. And so we had to stay on for a while. And I wound up like talking to her about her next book project. And it just is that feeling of community that that wouldn't have existed if we didn't like, we're just bitching about CAPTCHA and all this other shit. But like, there's some really nice things about living in the time that we live in. Oh, absolutely. Like I feel tight to my, I feel tight with my internet friends, including Emma. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. I, they, they add, a, they add something to my life. It was funny. I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day and I was going to have plans with someone who I had met online that night it was the first time we were going to hang out. And I was like, you know, do you have friends just on the internet who you don't, you've never met in real life? And she's like, no. No, I know. <laughs> I know because people who don't do this kind of shit don't have, um, they don't, don't do that. They don't do that. Like all of my booze friends, all my booze business friends, they just are in real life. They go to live events They, you know, like their whole business and their whole lives are offline. It's not yeah. a, um, it's, it's not an online life. And it's funny in those situations, I wind up really talking to and relating much most to the younger people. Like I was talking to a couple of like 23 year olds for the whole night because they, they understand online in a way that people our age don't, if they don't, if they aren't in media, if they're not promoting a brand, if they're not, you know, it's just a mm-hmm. different thing. It's just a totally different thing, but that's so cool. Where did you guys go? I met her in Williamsburg. She was staying in Williamsburg. We went to Butcher's Daughter. Mm. which is they have butcher's daughter in la Mm-mm, but or maybe they do if they don't i have never been they have it on abbott kinney they have one. Oh, i don't go there i don't i but don't go like to a, there <laughs> yeah, i don't go to williamsburg really but it was actually it was super super pleasant she's like such an english rose she has like this perfect <laughs> clear complexion 34. you know milky white skin I know, but we had, we just had a great talk and it was just like, before I went, I said to Paul, like, what if we have nothing to say to each other? And then I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. No, you have plenty to say to each other. Um, Speaking of uh, skin, 
I got to say, I have been, I really do not believe anymore that skincare products don't work. I don't really? believe it. I just don't. I've been really taking, I mean, like, look, the sag on the neck, fuck, you can't, there's nothing to be done. We've discussed, that's gravity. But like texture of your skin, I think you can really transform the texture of your skin by being really diligent with a couple of good products. And And what are the good products? Well, I mean, I'm cycling through a lot of things because I'm trying a lot of things, but I, you know, I, I do think, I do think retinol, I do think some sort of like acid kind of peel situation. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of this snail mucin. I've been using it every night and I think that it has, um, cleared up my really lightened my age spots on my face. I really think so. I can't, I mean, I have no makeup on today. My face is totally clear. It's pretty tight. Fine lines are, are lessened. And this has been, you know, two months of a very, very consistent skincare routine with a bunch of different products, but with some things sort of with the categories being the same. Mm -hmm. And I just don't, I, I, I don't think it's true that things don't work. I think it's, I think that that's, I think that's a convenient thing to say. And I think that technology is changing so much that there are products that work. Yep. And, and I think that there are categories that work. And I think you need like, I think you need like some sort of like cell turnover, like in an acid peel or in that, like, you know, drunk elephant baby facial or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then I think you need some kind of serum like a snail mucin or like some kind of something like that, a hyaluronic acid. I don't know. And, and then a good moisturizer, a depuffing eye cream. I think some of those really work. And and um, sunscreen. Like I, I really think there is like a, a multi-step process that works and I'm not into like stripping your skin barrier or way or anything. I don't even wash my face, but. I just want to mention, and I yeah. think I've mentioned this before that I heard a story and it could have been an urban legend about mm-hmm. an editor at Allure mm-hmm. who tried so many different skincare products that mm-hmm. her face turned red. So I just want you to, I just want you to be careful because with all your trying skin products. I don't think that's going to, I don't really, I think that that is an urban legend. <laughs> also, I know when something feels bad and like, you know, there were things I tried, like I, I, I know when something feels bad and I don't use it again. You know, like yeah. for example, like I tried some fucking Kiehl's thing that was such bullshit. It was so horrible. And like my, my skin felt itchy and it also had that pilly thing. Like a lot of skincare yeah. just pills up you know? Yeah. And it's hard to find the right ones, but I'm kind of, I don't know. I've been, I, I enjoy the ritual of it. And I think that it, it, you can improve the texture and your complexion is what I'm saying. I think it's a myth that you can't. Well, it's interesting you say you enjoy it because I once read that women experience an uptick in serotonin when they're like grooming themselves and putting on their makeup. Yeah. I mean, within reason, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's made me look like, I don't think I look 10 years younger. I just think the quality of my skin has, my skin, my complexion is clearer and smoother. How about that? You look great. Yeah. I look great. I look fine. But I'm just saying that everybody (laughs) who says that things don't work, I don't think that's true. That is, um, that is, um, encouraging. Maybe, or maybe it's not. Maybe it would be better to think that nothing works except a cheap, you know, you can get any kind of moisturizer and you can, you know, and, and nothing else will work besides that and sunscreen. I just don't, I just don't buy it. Um, what else is happening to you this week? 
Well, you know, we sped through all of the episodes of The Crown that were available. Okay. All right. Because they're splitting up the season into two parts. We, we watched them all in two nights. And there's a real dearth of good TV right now. So we started. I It's a rewatch for me, but Paul's never watched it. Friday Night Lights. Oh, my God. I did that a couple of years ago. That's a good rewatch. That's an excellent rewatch. Oh, those boys. I know. All of them. All of them. Saracen, Regans, oh, all of them. It is so nice to be back in that world again. It is. It is. I think I've rewatched it. I think I'm on like a, I think I've rewatched it three times. Like every couple of years I do a rewatch. It's a, it's a delight. It really is. It is such a delight. And I said it, you know, everybody says it, but you do not have to be a football fan. You do not have to understand football to appreciate this show. Football is just the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the catalyst, the, uh, not the catalyst, what, the, uh, yeah, whatever, the, the, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I'm not, my brain's not, my brain, my brain, <laughs> my brain's not great. Um, oh, speaking of brains, not being great. Yes. I, re- <laughs> I read an article in the times today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was from today or earlier this week, linking menopause and dementia saying that the decline in estrogen can literally change, not just how the brain functions, but the brain's literal structure. Yes. I mean, that's sort of, they've been like alluding to that for a minute, right? I've seen some doctors talk about that. And I think that was also in the big Susan, was Susan Dominus's big story. Was that, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that was in it. I mean, and what they're saying is if you are a candidate for um, hormone replacement therapy, fucking get estrogen because that can help mitigate that risk. Yeah. And a Mediterranean diet, apparently. Yeah. Well, it's the, you know, I I saw something that had like a brain scan while you're having a hot flash and like basically hot flashes like fry the brain. Mm. And that's the most simple. That's the simplest way to do it. Like I am no doctor, but it looked like every time I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> so you, so you want to lessen those. Um, you want to lessen your, your symptoms. You want you want to sort of regulate your hormones. I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, we should have another menopause doctor on to talk about it. I have new menopause things. Oh God. New fucking menopause thing. I can't wait to hear feet. Menopause has come from my fucking feet. <laughs> I almost spit out water. <laughs> no, you almost did a spit take. Menopause has come from my feet. It is so disturbing, upsetting the corners of the internet that I've been on to try to figure out how to like, it's the, the soles of my feet hurt, my feet hurt. And they're like burny and tingly. And I bought, oh my God. So I not only bought like toe stretchers and a bunch of things like padding for the bottom of my feet. I have to go to a podiatrist and probably get orthotics, whatever. But do you know about the Hoka like therapy shoes? No, I just know that Hoka exists and that they make very ugly shoes that people love. Okay. So I did buy a pair of Hoka sneakers, whatever. Like I tried, but there's, so a couple of years ago, right as uh, Jeff Bridges was recovering from cancer. And I guess the, um, the treatments for cancer left him kind of destabilized. Like he was having a hard time, like walking and and just being stable. Right. So his stability was off, right. His balance was off. So he had, he was wearing these Hoka therapy sandals and Alex was like, Oh, you know, whatever. Cause he's interviewing Jeff Bridges and, um, Jeff Bridges is like, man, you got to try these. 
you got to try these sandals. And Alex was like, I feel kind of weird to try your sandals, Jeff Bridges. (laughs) (laughs) But he did. And he's been talking about these Hoka therapy sandals like since this like years ago interview with Jeff Bridges. It was for men's health. So it actually fit the story, whatever. And when my feet started hurting, he was like, you have to get those Hoka sandals. And I was like, they are so shit ugly. I cannot. He was like, just wear them around the house. Just, you know, whatever. Anyway, they come in cuter colors now. And I ordered them. They're supposed to come today. I will report back. But apparently they're supposed to be really good for improving your overall stability and also just incredibly comfortable. So I, um, I bought them. I can't wait to hear I how mean, you enjoy them. I'm sure. I like, but yeah, it's ugly out there. It's ugly out there for a person with new foot problems. It's just yeah. a real fucking ugly land. Well, at a certain point, not too long ago, like in the past year or two, I stopped being able to wear clogs. All I wore were clogs. All I wore were wooden soles. And then all of a sudden it was like, intense pain to be wearing a wooden sole. It's like things that didn't used to bother me. I can't, you know, I can wear heels. I wore heels when I got married, Yeah, but I was also the day I wore heels. I was like leaning up against the wall every chance I got. (laughs) Come stand next to me over by the wall. (laughs) No, I mean, it's really like the shoes that like narrow in. It's like that, that bunion area. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. believe this. I really... It's just like that section of the drugstore you don't go into until you're over 50. You're just like, what is this land? What's going on here? (laughs) I know. There is like right near the pharmacy at my drugstore in the pharmacy desk is is the old people section. And I always stare at it, like the diapers and the walkers. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping that enough time wearing the ugly shoes will buy me a little bit of time wearing the cute shoes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. I hope that happens for you. I really do. I don't know if it's going to. I just was like, I, I just, anyway, I felt sad. But then I did read something that a lot of times this can be this sort of like neuropathy in your, um, in your feet and hands, that it is a, um, it is a symptom of menopause and, and hormone shifts and that the burning and the pain can subside, um, as your hormones, uh, level out. Huh? Well, that's good. That's good news. So we'll see. So we'll see. This is, this is the menopause minute of the, of the podcast. (laughs) There's always got to be one. There's always got to be one. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I saw Liz Fair. (gasps) Oh my God. What did you think? It was amazing. Such a good show, right? It was amazing. Although we got there. I went with Walden, my stepson, who's mm-hmm. a Liz Fair fan. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know what I love best about this show, Walden? The fact that there are seats and we get to sit down <laughs> during it. And then she gets up and starts playing the first song and everybody stands and stays standing the entire show. No. So the <laughs> entire show. So I was like, oh, man. But I got over it because the show was so amazing and it was so great. And I cried real tears. Yeah. And it was it was nice to be in a crowd of like, you know, people who look like me and are my age. Yes. Yes. Wait, you cried. I cried a little. All right. I mean, look, that's progress. I know. I know. I hardly ever cry, although I was crying like crazy during Friday Night Lights last night. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I thought it was a perfect show. I was really, there was something that, that she felt so vital. Like I said, when we talked about this before, that there was something that she didn't feel like she'd missed a step at all. The songs were still amazing. The songs still felt relevant. There was something very inspiring about it. Unlike shows I've gone to for people who seem past their prime. No, she did. And the arrangement of the songs was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that they should, they brought something new to a lot of the songs, which was really great. She's not somebody who ever liked performing live or was even especially that great at it. I mean, I saw her back in the old days, but it was just like, if if you guys, if she's still on tour, like if you can go see her and you were a fan at all, just go because it's so great. And it was cute. Like, you know, somebody, you know, people are yelling, we love you, Liz. And she goes, I fucking love you. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, Liz Fair. Come on my podcast. I know. Jesus Christ. When she gets off this tour, she just come talk to us. We both love her so much. I know. We, I we, would be so intimidated, though. I, would, I wouldn't I would be as intimidated. I interviewed her once, once many years ago. Okay. She, she wasn't intimidating the way that, like, Kim Gordon would be intimidating. Well, Kim Gordon just seems impenetrable. Like that's just a, that's just an impossible. Liz Fair, at least I feel like would there's like, uh, I feel like there's an entry point in with Liz Fair. I feel like with Kim Gordon, it would just be like, I, I don't know. I just that for an hour. I, I don't know. I, know. I don't What's know. What's your favorite food? Uh, <laughs> I saw you a couple of times in Silver Lake. <laughs> um, I've been reading Jackie Collins books. <laughs> you have been that's yeah. awesome i um i am trying to get myself creatively inspired for a next project and so i need to just read a lot and it needs to be easy reading and i just went on ebay and i bought not the entire oeuvre of uh, jackie <laughs> collins but a substantial portion of it and i'm just sort of blowing through them and they're so fun it's so fun. Oh, sure. to just, it's so fun to just read a trashy 80, like, cause there's something like pure about it in a way. Cause it's like, this is just pure trash, you know? And it's yeah. just like fun trash. It's not trying to be anything else, but it's not even that dumb. Anyway, I've been very much enjoying these Jackie Collins. I, I also, it's just a nice thing to sort of check out. I went through a little James Bond period oh. where I bought a bunch of James Bond books. That's yeah, similar, similar vein for sure. Similar, 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 adjacent to one another. Yeah, Yeah. that and I've been also going through um, or I'm about to start going through Albert Brooks. I want to I want to watch. I just watched the documentary about him, which was fine. I mean, he's fantastic. Right. But it's like a Rob Reiner documentary. It should have been longer. I read in The New York Times today that there's going to be a sequel to Spinal Tap. No way. Really? I read it in the New York Times today. Rob Reiner mentioned it on a podcast. Wow. And the original three guys are coming back. See, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, should it that should there be a sequel? I have so much faith in like Rob Reiner and Christopher Guest and those guys. I just feel like they wouldn't do it unless they had a really good idea for it. But maybe I'm wrong. I maybe have faith in Christopher Guest. Rob Reiner, I think, has, as you know, God love him, as he should, turned into a little bit of a schmaltz ball. Right. And I could see in this Albert Brooks documentary that, like, 
this wasn't like somebody really thinking out like let's make this let's make this like art like when i watched the judd apatow documentary about gary shandling which is quite um, amazing and wonderful that was somebody really thinking this is a piece of work this this like yeah. this this was like ah we're we're old we're just going to get some people together to talk like it just right. wasn't great you know and so i don't know i i think about as we get older do we still have the ambition per, for perfection and as much to prove and i think not a lot of times and if we don't have that is then the work does the work suffer yeah, the work suffers. Right? Right? Yeah. If you don't yeah. have that like drive to be like I, this has got to be amazing. Well, maybe the maybe the drive comes from elsewhere. Yeah. But you know, you make a good point. Yeah, it could be good. I mean, Albert Brooks is so so Albert Brooks is how I want to age. He's like he's still just like lit up. He's lit up with ideas. He's smart. He's clever. Even like he's on Mark Marin last week and he was talking about, you know, he the way he set up the interview with Mark Marin, just everything. And one of the things he says, I don't know if it's in the documentary or the, the Marin interview, but he had a really hard time getting all of his work made. And he like all of his movies, he couldn't get made and just everything. He, people always hated him. Everything was always a battle. And somebody at one point said to him, you know, you could you could take the easy road, Albert. Like you could, how about you just make things easy? And he was like, he was like, you're acting as if there are two roads. I only see mm -hmm. one road. I don't, hmm. I don't, if I, if I could make things easy, I would. And that's like an obsessive brain working, you know, like that's yeah. just a person who's like, no, it's got, this is the vision I have. It's got to be this. And I don't know if Rob Reiner still has that in my, in my opinion, but I don't know. Who knows? Okay, well, it made me a little excited this morning. I know, I'm hating on Rob Reiner for no reason. I think I was a little disappointed in this documentary, but Spinal Tap could be great. You know, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? I just keep thinking, would they, they wouldn't do it. Like, they would know better than to do it because if they make a really bad documentary for part two of Spinal <laughs> Tap, then it's Spinal Tap. <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. That's true. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And we're back. Listen, I um I I solicited some listener questions today. Oh my god, I didn't even know I haven't been on Facebook today. All right. I, I, I solicited some listener questions. Should we answer some? Yes, let's let's please do so. I've ta- I've I've gone through my list, which which involves drinking problem, Albert Brooks, Jackie Collins, and Bunions. We've ticked them all off. So Yeah, my mine was how was your holiday? <laughs> <laughs> With holiday in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> Liz Fair shows Spinal Tap sequel. Saw Emma Gannon, Friday Night Lights, and then I, the menopause article. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's incredible. Well, listen, yeah, we're at. Let's go into. Um, let's go into some questions. Let me see if I can find them. Okay. All right. I need a good hair product for keeping my f- hair off my face forehead. I've got stick straight fine hair and everything I've used either makes my hair solid or greasy. Is there a miracle product out there? Um, there is. It's going to take me a second to find it, but there absolutely is. And I know exactly what it is. And it's expensive as shit, but it lasts for a long time. It is the Philip B. Weightless Volumizing Insta thick thickening finish spray. <laughs> Sorry for that <laughs> incredibly long um, title, but this is like a, it's not really a hairspray. It's like a hair thickening spray, but it also gives like a lot of lift and body and it's super late, lightweight and it smells really good. It's $55. It lasts for a really long time. It's an excellent, excellent product for exactly this problem. Amazing. There we go. Okay. Um, I will answer one. Yes. Speaking of aging, what are your plans? Do you want to live where you are now or do you see a change in your living arrangements or location in your senior years? Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the fact that I lived in New York my entire adult life and I'd like to do another thing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to live in another place. So you know, and I think that there are things about New York City that are really good for an old person. Yep. You know, but I think there are things about New York City that are really hard for an old person. Okay, tell me more. Well, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I, you know, I read the New York Post app too much. Okay. But like, there are like, you know, people getting shoved in the streets and pushed in front of subway trains and Things like that, like the dangers of living in a big city are more dangerous if you're old and vulnerable. Fair, fair. I mean, I think getting old is a multi-step process, right? Like I even think like once you're retired, I feel like there's 65, let's say 65 to 79 or whatever you want to say, whatever, however you want to say, like the the years, if you're, you know, if everything goes well and according to plan that you are still active and vital. And I feel like that where you want to live then is different than where you want to ride out the end. Right. Yeah. Riding out the end is a different proposition. For me, I want to ride out the end um, in a doorman building on the Upper East Side. Really? I have thought this shit out up 
and back and forward and all around. I, you're in New York. You're close to hospitals, right? You're just right there because this is this becomes such a huge thing. If you are yes. two hours from a good hospital, you're fucked, man. You're right? fucked. You're, you're fucked. fucked. Elevator doorman who, you know, community of people, everything can be delivered to you. Like, sure. Yes. It's going to be hard to get in and out of cabs, but like, other than that, it's a pretty good deal. If you're like still kind of walking, it's, it's a pretty good deal. And even if you're in like a walker, you could still get up and down an elevator, you know? Well, they have those. I mean, there are walkers and then there are walkers. Like this has come up because my mom has had some falls lately and I'm sorry. um, I mean, or over the summer she did. She's a little better now, but she's, you know, she's wearing like the right shoes and things like that. She has to get those Hoka sandals. She has to get the Hoka sandals. And, and she, and so the doctor said, one of the doctors said, you know, you may want to think about a walker. And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, mom, but they're the cool ones with wheels. Yeah. The cool walkers with wheels that like, like with an area for all your groceries. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, Upper East Side, Upper East Side. Also, I've like planned it out with some other friends who want to do this with me so that I will have some other old lady friends with me in <laughs> on the Upper East Side. Um, no, but I watched um, Turn Every Page with Robert Gottlieb and Robert Caro mm-hmm. and just watching that, you know, that 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 documentary is about publishing and about the the author editor relationship and, and all of that. But it's also really about being an old person in New York. And it looks great to me. (laughs) It looks great. I don't want to be alone. Like Alex is like, I want to be alone in the desert. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, I don't want to be alone on some, in some farm in, in, in Pennsylvania, but the interim between that, I would like to live in Europe for a little while. That could be six months. And I think I would like to have some kind of naturey kind of a thing, whether it's like a coastal situation or, you know, a, a lot of land upstate or something like, all, I mean, all of this involves the fact that as soon as my child graduates um, high school, I am out of the West Coast. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. But is there, a, is there like a dream place to live that you haven't lived yet? There's not a dream place. I mean, you know, the place I've thought the most about living other than New York is Los Angeles. Get in now. Come in now. Come next three years. (laughs) Four. (laughs) But then, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, shorter term, like I'm afraid of how I think this election is going to go. You know, I wouldn't mind getting a, a move on when it comes to living somewhere that is in America. Because I feel like if the election goes the way I'm afraid it will, there's going to be a crush at the exit. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I've said that to Alex and he says, if America is fucked, the world is fucked. Yeah. It's just that we're such a big country and such a big power. Like, sure, you could go hide somewhere else. But like, if there's that much of a cataclysm here, not to be super depressing, but if there's that much of a cataclysm here, um, it will ripple throughout the world. Yeah. No, it's true. It's a hundred percent true. I mean, I remember the day that Biden was elected. It was nighttime in London, but they like rang all the church bells. No, yeah. in Paris. Did I say London? Yeah, I meant yeah. Paris. They yeah. rang all the church bells and it was really moving. And it, it did make me think and like Angela Merkel made a whole statement that day about it. And it did make you realize like how much pressure yeah. the rest of the world had felt with this person. Yeah. 
and you know, that's, uh, I forget what the word is for that, but I'm being something awful. I'm being something, I'm being something awful, like America first awful, but I do think it's true to some degree. Now, certainly like you could be living in Iceland and probably be very happy or, you know, other countries, but if America's really, truly a mess, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be messy around the world, I think. Yeah. Um, bummer. Okay. Let's ask yeah, another bummer. question. Let's ask another less bummer question. Also, I'm sorry that I said that. But I don't, I don't, I think it could be cool that that movie's coming back. Like, I don't know why I got so negative. No. I, I was just on a negative Carl Reiner thing. No, I've been on negative things with you before in the past and gotten comments about it. Yeah. I didn't want, I don't want to be that. When um, you went to the energy healer and I poo pooed the energy healer, I, we got like a review of oh, the yeah, show. It was like, I hope Jen finds someone nicer to do a podcast with. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the the nice thing about our friendship is that neither of us really gives a shit. Like there are people who are easily offended, but I don't think either of us are. No, I saw something I really want to own. Okay. Um, you know, the designer Bella Freud. Yes. She has, she makes mugs mm -hmm. and she has one that says, hello, cunty. <laughs> In handwriting. <laughs> It's like stupidly expensive, but I I, I kind of want to own it. I think it would make me happy every morning when I drank my coffee. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, what are you giving your husbands for Hanukkah and Christmas? I don't think you could say this because Paul listens. Well, no, it's okay because Paul and I have an agreement never to buy each other gifts. What? Oh, my God. I've never bought a gift for Paul and he's never bought a gift for me. We're both impossible to shop for. We both like like what we like. And we just like we have never given each other gifts. Oh, Alex and I are big gift givers for each other. Although this year I got him I got him a, a suitcase. He's never going to listen to this. So he doesn't know he has like a terrible duffel. And I was like, it's just fucking time for you to have a, an adult man uh, suitcase. Um but this year we are, we have a, but we have like not an art collection, but like we have like, you know, a Kurt Vonnegut print and like, we have like all these like little pieces of art that we have not framed. Mm -hmm. So this year for each other, we're framing all of our art. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Because we're like, why are we, why is this just like sitting in the room, the closet that we keep the cat litter in? Like this is like, this is got to change. So that's, that's what we're doing this year. But, and then we usually fill each other's stockings with stupid shit. He's Alex is a really good gift giver and he really pays attention. So he winds up getting me things that I I've said I wanted throughout the year. Oh, that's really nice. Yes. But I buy myself everything. So if that's a problem too. Yeah. No, I know. I, I think that, you know, it, it, it's maybe weird that we don't buy each other presents, but we just we just don't like he wears literal. I've said this before. He wears the literal same thing every day. So clothes are out. He wears blue jeans and a black polo shirt every day of his existence. So wait, you couldn't you couldn't um, you you couldn't like try something. He wouldn't he wouldn't try something. He would. He would. He would. Especially if I bought it for him. I think he'd he'd, he'd give it a go. OK. All right. I mean, so you could, but I actually think that's a good policy because it can really get fraught the whole yeah. gift giving thing. I think it's actually amazing. Yeah, it's okay. It works okay for us. Okay. Another question. Who is an actor you have a su surprisingly little crush on? Not the normal Pitt Clooney genre. Mine is David Strathairn, says the listener. I mean, I've discussed this before. Mine is Bradley Whitford. <laughs> 
and mine is Seth Rogen. Would still, would still Bradley Whitford was looking at him the other day and thinking, God, I wish he hadn't gotten married, even though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just find him like impossibly hot. I just, even as an older man, I'm just like, oh, hot. See, I don't find Seth Rogen hot, but I think we'd have a lot of fun together. Seth Rogen is hot. Seth Rogen has become hot. He's become hotter. Yeah. You know who's become unhot to me? Um, John Hamm. Huh. Interesting. I mean, I think he was always like a dead, I think he was always secretly like a dead jeans dork, but mm-hmm. like, into his older age, he's not, he doesn't like, I used to be like, wow, that is beautiful. And I'm like, eh, I don't know anymore. Like you don't like something pheromone wise. You don't do it for me anymore. John Ham. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I would love to hear about both of your feelings on smoking, ingesting weed. Do you want to, should we discuss, um, how often do you do it now? How much do you, does it have a stigma in your mind anymore? I love that you both smoke weed and I'm curious how common it is Common it is for 40 plus women these days. Funny because this came up with Emma Gannon yesterday because she was kind of fascinated by the fact that, you know, I told her I was kind of a pothead. Yeah. And she said that she had a lot of her friends' parents are big pot smokers. Okay. So yeah, there are a lot of women over 40 getting high. No, I was at Thanksgiving and I found out who I, a friend I thought was totally like straight laced was like, oh yeah, I'm on an edible. And I was like, what? I had no (laughs) idea. Um, Yeah. I, I am such still a stoner. I, you know, Alex and I, we take our digestion walk after dinner that we tell our kid that we're doing for digestion every night, which is also (laughs) for digestion. But we do, we often, it's not every night, but many, a couple of nights a week, we smoke a joint together. I mean, not so much that I'm like fall over, like, you know, paranoid in the corner, but just like a mellow buzz pot really works for me in a way that like alcohol never did. Like other drugs never did. I was never like a Coke person. Pot's just like pot, like started working for me wonderfully at like 18, pretty much my whole life. Yep. No, it (laughs) works for me too. I love it. And sometimes I think I, I get high too much same and then i think but i really like it like it doesn't it doesn't you know it and it, it, it is different than alcohol for me it feels like a different a whole different thing you know i think i'd be a better writer if i wasn't getting high quite as often as i do yeah i often wonder like should i be ashamed of this like should i be ashamed of the fact that i'm that i have like a mellow pot buzz you know most nights of my life and it would if this was alcohol, would this be a situation where I was like, oh, this is a problem? I mean, I don't know what is like one or two glasses of wine a night a problem. I don't have that. So I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I get really like ashamed and worried about it. And then other times I'm like, this is fine. Whatever. Yep. Yep. I feel the same way. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's been an awfully long arc. You know, yes. it's like started when I was 16, 17. I went through many, many, many periods in my adult life when I didn't get high at all. And then, you know, but I always, it's the thing I always come back to. My ex, me too. My ex-husband was not, did not smoke pot and was one of those people who really was like, this is an illegal drug, you realize. (laughs) 
And I remember like he found like my bowl in my jeans pocket. He did like the laundry or something and just like left it in the middle of the dining room table. Like shame, shame. And I was like, oh, Oh, fuck off, man. Fuck you. (laughs) No, my ex-husband was a jerk around pot smoking too. That's so weird. But then again, like if I saw like neighbors or like fellow parents, like on our, our dog weed walk every night where my husband, and I take a romantic stroll with a joint, like <laughs> would I be like, would I feel like a derelict? I don't know. I mean, it's legal here. It's not, I'm not doing anything wrong. You're not doing it. Yeah. It's legal here too now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I still feel some shame. And I don't know if that's because it was illegal all those years and you were just like a dirty pothead or not. Yeah. 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 There is something about it that still does. I mean, because it's like the whole like, you know, Jeff Spicoli kind of idea of what a pothead is. Yes. You know, where I know a lot of people who are like, you know, lifetime potheads who get high every day, who are very creative, work hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that... I think that I'm going to have to take a break in the new year. I've been thinking about it just like a reset, but that's just because I sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't be like life is overwhelming. Right. And everybody does what they, what they can to get through it. And, you know, pot just sort of softens life a little bit for me. Right. Yeah. And But sometimes I'm like, maybe I should be in the harshness of it for a little while and just experience that again. There's enough of the harshness, no matter what. I know, I know, I know. Um, Somebody has a question that I'm going to answer real fast, which is, um, what has helped Jen with her ADHD? My kid struggles and he can't wake up, sleeps all day, flunking out. He takes Vyvanse, but it hasn't been the game changer like it is for many. So I'm going to tell you that what I do for my ADHD and what my kid does for their ADHD is very different. And my kid is also on Vyvanse, and this is after several different ADHD medications. Like we've tried a bunch of different kinds, and it's fine, but it's still a nightmare. I can't get this kid to wake up in the morning. I can't get this kid to do homework. I mean, it's a real struggle. So I really feel you, and I don't have a solution for it. My ADHD is resolved by taking a pill in the morning and then focusing. And what my kid and I have talked about is the medication is not going to make you want to work and it's not going to make you want to do the things you don't want to do. It's going to help you once you engage with the work, right? Yeah. So it's like, I I keep talking about like some of this is just willpower and self-discipline and I can't get you a pill for that. Yeah. So, but it's, I really feel for this listener because uh, my kid's ADHD is, is, Mostly our relationship is actually really wonderful, but around these certain areas, like getting tasks done on time, being on time for school, getting up in the morning, it's really fraught and, you know, Hmm. we're working on it. So I I just want to say, I feel you there's, I have no solution. I have one more question I want to answer. Yes, go. And this is the person who asked me, how did you deal with the holidays when you were single and childless? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, what I, I, what I was thinking about when I saw this question, I think the thing I did was build my own traditions, you know, around the holidays, sort of with who was around. So years ago, my older brother and his wife and their kid and I started going to Knickerbocker Bar and Grill, which is this great old restaurant on University Place and Ninth Street. Um, 
we got the T-bone steak, like the steak for five. It was always steak for four. It was always really good. And then, it, and it was, we'd always go on Christmas Eve and because they would be leaving the next morning. And, um, you know, my younger brother was, you know, with his first wife in California by then. My mom and her husband were traveling. So those guys, like, I think they knew I needed some kind of anchor. So mm-hmm. we started this thing. And now my entire family goes Christmas Eve every year to, um, to the Knickerbocker. So that's one thing. And then I always had a friend who I'd go to Chinatown with, which I know is not the most, you know, um, the most um, original thought, but we were, you know, we would always go to Chinatown on Christmas day and hang out and go for a long walk. And so that was always set. New Year's was horrible. You know, New Year's was really tough. I never really, you know, I never really wanted to go out, but I also was never invited anywhere. To New Year's, my mom would have like three New Year's plans and I would be at home. So it's it's hard. It's hard when you're single and childless during the holidays. And it was hard even with those things built in. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm a double outsider because like it was single and childless and also wasn't Christian. Right, right. So it, it, it can be very alienating. I feel for anyone who's wondering how they're going to get through it because it's, um, it isn't easy being alone on the holidays. It doesn't have to suck, but it's not easy. No, I, it doesn't. It, 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 it doesn't have to suck. And it, I don't think it is easy. I mean, it's, it's been a while for me um, because I've been in this, this marriage for so long. But I, when I wasn't, it was the same thing. I was making your, making your own traditions and surrounding yourself, if you can, with the people who you find most pleasant to be around. Yep. Like glomming on to truly delightful people's plans, like those kind of easy people who it's, it's just gonna, who just are fun Yeah, because there are people who are just, you know, who are just more fun than other people. It's just No, true. it's really true. Like, don't go to your, don't go to your like family member who's like, has like a hassly marriage and it's just like bitterness the whole time. Like pick your funnest friend and try to do something together with them. Because yeah. that's that's going to make all all the difference. Um, and I think not being afraid to say like, hey, I'm alone this Christmas. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's the kind of asking for help that, you know, people hate to ask for help and people love to be asked for help. Yes. And an outsider, honestly, can save Christmas. Say, could, <laughs> like somebody who's outside the family dynamic, often yep. like the ringer is the one who makes the holiday like better for everybody. So remember also that you're, you're bringing so much value to people's like bullshit holidays. Like really. It's true. It's a hundred percent true. My mom had this friend who always came over for, for Christmas Eve and sometimes Christmas day. And she was, you know, she was like a, a zany lady and thank God for her because she was a buffer. And like, we would have just Mm -hmm. screamed at each other the entire time if Judith had not been there. And like, like, we all love Judith for it. Yeah, no, a buffer is very important. Yeah, so you you could be really creating like the best time. And also, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, somebody's mom who's not your mom is, can be really fun for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's 100% true. All right, well, listen, it's, this is a fucking hour, Kim France. We've made a whole episode. It's an hour if it's a minute. It's an hour if it's a minute. Um, thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. 
And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show and it makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine for $3. You can help a month. You can help us keep the lights on. If you want to follow Kim and you should, she is at kimfrance.substack.com with an excellent and robust daily blog of many <laughs> wonderful things. <laughs> if you want to follow me, I'm at Jen Romolini's Vanity on Instagram. That's where I'm doing uh, beauty recommendations. Also, you could pre-order my book. I think now's the time to say that. The show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. Thank you again, Natalie. And we'll be back next week. Oh, also, you can find us on Facebook. I forgot to say that. There's a robust and private <laughs> Facebook group. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.